This episode of the Handy Guys podcast is sponsored by Protect Your Home. What are those purple kites and thatch up next on the Handy Guys podcast? Welcome to the Handy Guys podcast, a podcast for handy guys from handy guys. Here are the handy guys themselves, Brian and Paul. Those purple kites, Brian. Are you talking about those square, rectangular... Triangular. Were they triangular? I know I saw something purple in a tree. Was it triangular? Yeah, it was like... uh, They're all over the place. Yeah, those purple kite-looking things. They're kind of triangular-shaped, maybe about two or three foot long and about a foot in diameter. So I kind of figured out what they are, but I saw a bunch of them around this Yeah, I see them all over the place, and now... You know, I saw one, and then I read an article about them, caught my eye in the local paper, and now I see them everywhere, it seems like. So we're going to talk about what they are, and, and they're not just in Pennsylvania, right? That's right. Okay, so they're not just around here. They're all over the place. And the other thing is thatch, Brian. Um, there are a lot of myths that people grow up with regarding mowing lawns, bagging, thatching blades, regular blades, right, right, right. grass clippings, and thatch. And uh, I read, I've read a few articles over the last year re- on this issue. It's actually, you know, there are PhD-type students studying grass clippings. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you told me we were going to talk about this, I read a few things as well. <clears throat> and I debunked some of the myths I might have had. So we'll go through Yeah, those. we're going to talk about that and yard care uh, as it relates to yard care. So we'll do that. Uh, but first, Brian, uh, we need to provide some contact information. We still... Um, oh, no. I was going to say we still have a contest, but that's already over. We've already given out the uh, the trimmer, the Black and Decker trimmer. But if so, if you ha- did not enter in that contest, too bad. I will say, though, now that I've continued using it, it is still working for me. I get uh, some – the only complaint I see or the biggest complaint I've seen on some of the Amazon reviews are that it doesn't have a, as long of a runtime. You know, you only get seven minutes runtime or something like that. And uh, Brian, I went. Well, out. I, I get longer than seven minutes. Well, you shouldn't. You said you could even get through one clipping, one run. There's no way it takes you more than seven minutes to to trim your yard, unless you're talking to neighbors, smoking cigarettes while you're <laughs> right. holding the thing running, having a drinking. beer. I know it doesn't make any no, sense because my battery lasts longer than seven minutes. So it should, you said it'll, you couldn't get through one cycle of trimming your yard without having to go to a second battery. That's true. Well, it shouldn't take you more than seven minutes. You're doing something wrong. What, are you mowing your whole lawn with the thing? All right, Paul. So (laughs) I took mine and mowed down all these weeds I had growing in my play area. That's about 20 by 20. I spent at least five minutes doing that. And then it did run out, but it wasn't on a full charge to start with. And it was doing great. It's also was handling a lot bigger weeds than I expected. Well, I ran... So I've got the the lawn tractor, right? And I've got some nooks and crannies that I can't get into with the lawn tractor. So that leaves me some large swaths that I need to deal with with the trimmer. Well, you must have been. And then I've got around the flower beds, around the house, around the mailboxes, around along the edges of the sidewalk, all that, all those places. It takes me about 15 minutes or so. Well, I will say, so far, I've been thrilled with it because it's so convenient. I I just love the convenience of it. We even had one listener say to us uh, through an email that he moved to a bigger yard. Either I think he got rid of his battery operated because he figured with a bigger yard he needed a gas trimmer, and he wishes he had not because it's so nice and convenient. Um, And it's doing the job for me. I love it. 
I, I really do. So we'll have to see, you know, what our listeners think. Uh, we're already getting some feedback. We'll talk some more about it throughout the summer about these get, uh, battery-powered uh, trimmers, string trimmers. But anyway, let's give out our contact information. You can always just go to our website, www.handyguyspodcast.com, fill out the contact form, or just email us, us at handyguyspodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're handyguys. Check us out on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash thehandyguys. Got a project on your honeydew list? Let the handy guys know about it, and they may talk about it on their next podcast. So a few weeks ago, Brian, we were going through our list here of everything, you know, items that every handy guy should know. Facts. Every handy guy should know. Sure. What'd you come and, up with for this week? Well, we, we've talked about, you know, all kinds of things, you know, the obvious, you know, not not, let, not to let your uh, necktie get caught into an industrial power <laughs> fan. You brought that and, up last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> and, right? yeah. and in passing, I mentioned, you know, every handy guy should know household voltage. And right. you made some comment about what do you what do you mean before it enters the house and after it enters the house, or after it's in the house? And I did not respond to that because I was covering some other fact. And now I decided we should address this issue: household voltage. Every okay. handy guy, and in fact, if you're a uh, business person, you probably know this fact because you, if you go to different parts of the world, their voltages are often or amperages are different for household or residential or business current. Uh, so I want to address this. And I, I mentioned that everyone should know that your household current is? You said 110 volts. 120 volts. 120 volts. And uh, sometimes it's referred to as 110 because right. a voltage drop, it often is closer to 110. Right. So, but it's somewhere between 110 and 120. And uh, you, outside the house, it is still that same voltage if you go right outside your house. The difference is a common outlet is, you know, regular old outlet is usually 110, 120 volts. And unless it's a specialized outlet, you can have, what, a 240 or 220 Right, for outlet. your dryer right. or some, you know, woodworking machinery perhaps. And so whatever. the way that works is what comes into your house are two uh, – two powered legs, two hots, and one ground. And they operate in different phases. Or neutral, yeah. Yeah. It's a neutral, well, I'm not going to get into that, the difference between a neutral and a ground, but they're very similar. So essentially they're the same thing, but I'll let the electricians beat me up on that one. Um, uh, (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) But uh, uh, there's two powered legs. They come in as 110 or 120, depending – the voltage drop, and okay. then you can, they operate in different phases. So when one is positive, the other is negative in relation to the neutral. I don't even know if you'd want to say positive and negative, but they're they're in inverse sine wave. Uh, in in relation to the neutral. One's positive, one's negative. Okay. So the way it works is, and I won't get into all this, we're, we'll have our electrician friend on to explain this to us. But the point is, it's still the same voltage. Is this when you bring those two legs together, you can create an outlet that is actually operates at 220 or 240. So now it doesn't mean that it's always that voltage because you have transformers on your electrical system, right? So the power company will send out power at a much higher voltage, and then they have drop-down transformers for, for residential power. So 
True, you're in some ways you're right because at some point it is a higher voltage when they generate the power. Right. Before so, they hit the transformers. but what typically comes into your panel is 220, 220 volts, 110 right. on two legs. Right. Uh, and then on your outlet, like you said, is 110 volts. So you, so it's 110 volts. That's our operating voltage. Every handy guy should know that. And if you go to a different country, um, the interesting thing is a lot of our electronics can operate on anything that's 240 or below. So your your uh, laptop or other things can operate at a higher voltage, but you just need a special uh, plug or adapter. Right. So. Because they have transformers built into them that are exactly. designed to handle those different voltages. They, and they actually trans they actually uh, convert the uh, AC to DC anyway to a 12 volt or whatever their voltage of DC current is on your laptop or computer or electronic right. device. So, but always anyway. check with your manufacturer first because that may not always be the case. That's right. You always need to check so, and... So you don't want to fry something based on our advice. Exactly. And uh, you want to make sure that you protect your equipment and you don't want to blow out uh, right. you know, a laptop either. You know, so. And likewise, you should also consider protecting your home. And, uh, uh, yes, protect your home. So there, we, as uh, you know, we've uh, had an ongoing sponsor for the, lo- for the last few weeks, and it is Protect Your Home. They are an authorized ADT dealer in home security, and like a surge pr- a suppressor can protect your electronic equipment, ADT can help protect your home through their security monitoring. So this uh, this uh, fully um, authorized dealer, Protect Your Home is offering a deal right now, aren't they, Brian, to uh, install a security system in your home. And I hear you shuffling around some papers. Yes, I'm shuffling around some some papers. (laughs) I want to make sure I get it right. So um, the monitoring charge is just over a dollar a day, right? We've talked about that before. But right now, if you call, you can get $850 worth of equipment. So that's your uh, control panel and sensors and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And your activation for free. So that's a pretty good deal. So all you have to do is call 866-778-3127. Now, Brian, is that actually cheaper than getting, say, you know, a hot dog at your local convenience store? A dollar <laughs> what, a day. What, what's a hot ba- dog cost? When I was back in college, you could get two dogs for 99 cents. And sometimes we made runs to the local convenience store. But that was 20 years ago. <laughs> I don't know what two dogs for 99 cents are the, or, or what two dogs cost these days. But I bet you it's more expensive. And probably better for you to get the security system right. than those dogs that have been on that rotating thing in who knows what's growing sure. on them. I guess if you buy a whole pack of hot dogs and yeah. you have your own cooker, you know, it's going to be less – it's going to be cheaper than All ADT. Right. But for a buck a day, you know, you got the peace of mind that your system's being monitored. And so. you get that world-famous ADT sign. And in <laughs> right. fact, that sign in itself and maybe a good dog – is a great security system in it, along with your home monitoring. Sure. So, sure. <laughs> but you need the monitoring because the dog won't inform you if you have a fire and you're on vacation. <laughs> right. <laughs> or just out of the house. Right. So the, uh, the, the uh, monitoring is, uh, will provide that uh, security you need for your home. So call now, 866-778-3124. No. 3127, Paul. Oh. Uh, Come on. I'll right, read it I'll, again. No. 866-778-3127. $99 installation charge, 36-month monitoring agreement at $35 to $99 per month. Call for terms and conditions and license numbers. Good. 
Don't know where to get reliable answers for your do-it-yourself projects? Why not search the Handy Guys Archive at handyguyspodcast.com. So, first, before we deal with thatch, we're going to deal with these purple things that I'm seeing in trees. They almost look like a kite. They do almost look like a kite. And so, you know, I took a road trip this weekend. I was out of town and driving, you know, on some of the Pennsylvania roads, Pennsylvania Turnpike and so forth, 100 miles. And in that 100 miles, I must have seen two dozen of these things. And I see them all around here in the suburbs even. Yes. And I'm, I haven't seen these before. So I said, what the heck are they? So I Googled purple kite in trees <laughs> along road or you know something right. like that. And, and we need to make sure we put that in our, on our website because people search? will come to the handy guys to find <laughs> right. out about it. <laughs> right. So, uh, and so I learned something today, Paul, when I, uh, when I Googled that. And these are traps. They're glue traps. Right. For insects, in particular, the emerald ash borer. Now, so, are these traps – so they're on trees to capture these emerald ash borer, whatever that is. What is that, a worm, a fly? It's a, is it like a gypsy moth? What is it? It's a beetle. Oh, a beetle. Okay. It's a beetle-looking thing. Because do you remember back when we were kids and the gypsy moths were so bad? And yes. And trees all over our state and probably other places in the east had that sticky tape. Right, you put that around the tree, and then they couldn't crawl over it. So these are not an eradication. Right, that's what I was wondering. All they are is a monitoring, because there is no widespread effective treatment for emerald ash borer. And once they're infested into ash trees, any kind of ash tree, because there's lots of different species of emerald trees, or of ash trees, any kind of ash tree, once they're in the tree... It's gone. Hmm. It kills them. And the entire state, I think it was Michigan, has no more ash trees in Michigan. Interesting. They're, they're gone. Wow. Because of this beetle. They're very, very destructive, but only on ash trees. Now, is this beetle dangerous to humans? And apparently not, no. <laughs> it's not going to bore a hole but in me. But trees might be. If they <laughs> fall down on your house, that right. could be dangerous. And So it's kind of like the, the modern Dutch Elms disease or something like that? Yeah. Except that was a disease. This is a bug that's attacking only this this particular species? The entire genus of Interesting. ash trees. What are the baseball players going to do? Right. Well, Pencil- I guess they're using maple now. Yeah, no. Well, one of Pennsylvania's <laughs> industries is the lumber, yeah. the wood for the Louisville slugger. Oh, really? So that really yeah. is an issue. It really is an issue. Did you know that baseball players more and more are using maple instead of ash? I did not know that. No, just a little fact factoid okay. for you because they think it's a little harder and hits the ball further. But really? It's also shatters easier, supposedly. Anyway. Okay. Well, <laughs> so yeah. So Pennsylvania has a pretty large forestry industry. And, yeah. Uh, not like some of the right. places in Pacific Northwest, but for hardwoods, right. uh, cherry, ash, and others. Hmm. So, so it's a big concern in Pennsylvania, and it's been detected in several counties in Pennsylvania. So up until about uh, about a year ago, I don't know if you knew this, Paul, but there was a quarantine on firewood. 
you, were, you were not allowed to move it between counties in Pennsylvania. You know what? I was just on NPR today. I heard the end of a report, and they were talking about not moving firewood. And I think they were probably talking about this, but right. I didn't catch the but whole story. But now they've revoked that in Pennsylvania. You're now allowed to move it within Pennsylvania. But not across. Not out of Pennsylvania. Right. Or I, not into Pennsylvania. That's what they were talking. Yep. That's because, what this is. Because the emerald ash borer has been detected in a majority of counties now in Pennsylvania. It's been moving from the west to the east. So since we're in the east, that's why we're seeing these monitoring stations come up now because they want to see what counties this is in. And our county is one of the ones targeted for monitoring. So why – what's new about this ash borer beetle? Is it a new – it's new to North America? It's is new it just... to North America as of uh, – I think it was 2006 or 2007. And they think it came from China. Oh, <laughs> In some shipping pallets, in the wood of the pallets what? or the crates that were used, and then it was disposed of in Michigan, and that's where it, it first started. Aren't all these bad things ago. coming from China? They got the fish that are getting into the Mississippi from yeah, China. Yeah, what are those crazy fish? And they're, they're trying like to keep scary. them out of Lake Michigan. Yeah. And then the, they also have the, – they're also getting into various streams. Snakeheads or something. Yeah. Well, and they're also getting into various streams down in, in the East Coast. And then they have the, – where are these stink bugs coming from? They're all over the place. They're coming from somewhere yeah. in Asia. I don't and, know if they came from Asia. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. They're, they're from Asia. Huh. And um, and then the bed bugs are a problem. I don't know where they're coming from. Well, I think they're coming from your maybe house. Maybe we ought to do a – I don't have any <laughs> bed bugs. Thinking. Maybe we ought to do a show on invasive species because one of the ones that's around here I've had to deal with, you haven't so much, but is called multiflora rose. And I've been fighting with that for years up at the campground. So, Well, <clears throat> yeah, and that's another one. That, that one that, came that, out of Japan. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the uh, what's interesting is for the first time recently I saw a pesticide for those stink bugs. Yes, like a, a product geared for them, and I'm right. thinking it was. It says this will kill stink bugs, and I'm thinking, well, what does that mean? Do you spray your whole yard right. with I think them or we, something? We're going to need to get you into can that just pick them up too. and throw them outside. Right. I mean, it's not hard to kill them. Right. But, uh, I saw some of that at True Value the other day. Yeah. When we were there. And so I want to find out more about that. Because those things, I don't know, is that, I don't know where they are in North America, but they're all over the place and they're new within the last few years. Right. And they get, you can get really, really bad infestations yeah. in your house. I mean, so that they're, they're swarming uh, and so uh, really? forth. Yes. I've read stories about it. And there's some inventors that have come up with traps uh, that use light and scent and so forth to pull them into a trap and they got like sticky paper and stuff right. like that. But All right. Well, for now, we at least have explained what these purple things are. The and purple uh, kite things alongside of the road. So at this point, though, you said they've destroyed the trees uh, in certain states, but right. they, they don't have a solution. They're just still studying. Right. There are some solutions. Um, there's a they're looking to introduce a particular wasp that, oh, great. that eats the larvae or something yeah. of it and introduce these, but that's going to be like 10 years before they're that. Gonna, they're going to end up introducing like a killer wasp <laughs> right. unintentionally, but um, it'll lead to some great new movies. States are um, preserving ash tree seeds so that if they do come up with a, an, a way to get rid of them, they can replant the ash trees after they've been devastated. And so they're storing away in vaults all the seeds. 
And there is some insecticides that now, so if you've got one ash tree on your property, you can treat the tree. Uh, it goes down in the roots. It's got to come up through the vascular system in the tree. And uh, Does it kill any children? I don't know. <laughs> um, apparently there's, there's one product you can buy over the counter, but for large trees they recommend getting a certified uh, arborist who okay. has the training for the particular pesticide. The application. All right. All right. Well, I'll uh, certainly uh, – do you have any ash trees in your yard? I do not. Not there, either. but at the campground we right. have some that are uh, 20 to 30 inch in diameter. We have wow. a whole bunch. In fact, we've been getting letters from the State Department of Agriculture for the past three or four years saying do not bring in any firewood to right. onto the property and things like that because we do have a – uh, you know, a large hardwood forest there. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, up next, we're going to talk about another potential problem for your home, and that is thatch. Uh-oh. You are listening to the Handy Guys Podcast. So I just wanted to talk briefly, Brian, about thatch and grass clippings. The thatch is what you make thatched roofs from, right? <laughs> Uh, I don't think so exactly, but okay. thatch is what we see in our lawn sometimes where it seems like your grass is being kind of strangled because you have all this dead, uh, it, it ultimately is grass, but you see this uh, these plant life lower to the soil, which right. seems to be strangling out the ability for good grass to grow. At least that's the common thought. And the, the kind of the handy guy remedy or th- uh, thought on this whole thing is that it must be Thatch must be caused by leaving grass clippings on the lawn. And um, so the best way to prevent that is to bag your grass, at least historically. And then, uh, or some have suggested, you know, the thatching blades, even they cause, um, or excuse me, they're not called thatching blades. They're called, uh, um, are they? Dethatching blades. <laughs> is that what you're talking no, about? Mulching the, blades? Mulching blades, thank okay. you. <laughs> thatching blades. Yeah, these blades cause thatch. Get them, get them now. No, the mulching the, the blades. The mulching blades are even some that thought that that added to the problem of thatch. But all of this has been debunked, thoroughly it's, debunked. Yeah, that's been thoroughly debunked. Okay, so you can Google and find several articles about you know the, the how mulching your grass clippings is good for your lawn as brings nitrogen back in i've read things you know right. that say you know it actually is is uh provides up to 25% of the fertilizer you need right back you know that kind of thing sure. because uh, there's still nitrogen in the cut blades and as a decomposes i'm just too good. lazy to bag it yeah me too so, so then the the thought was well um Clearly, a thatching blade must be better because it cuts the mulching grass. Mulching blade, you mean? Why do I keep saying thatching blade? <laughs> the mulching the blade. The mulching blade must be better because it cuts the grass. What it does, it usually cuts it multiple times. Right, so instead it gets of leaving finer clippings. Half inch or one inch blades. Hopefully, you're not cutting an inch off. But if you are, a whole inch of cuttings on your grass, you're just you're leaving you know a fraction of that, a third of that maybe, or right. half of that. So. Um, now, Brian, I thought I had read an article about a year ago where they act, they studied the difference in the breakdown of the grass because in both cases, whether you use a normal blade or a thatching blade, mulching the gra- blade. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> why do I keep saying that? I don't know what my problem is tonight. Um, in both cases, the grass goes away, right? <laughs> it doesn't. It, it does. So when I if I mow with with the tractor, it doesn't have the mulching uh, kit on it. It leaves 
grass clippings visible on on the surface of the lawn, and they're right. gone in a couple of days. If I use the push mower with the mulching blade uh, and no bagger, I don't see clippings on the lawn. But either way, I don't have thatch buildup. Right. So the the question would be then, what is the advantage of using a mulching blade? Well. You just mentioned one. It's a little bit more visible clips aesthetically. Yeah, yeah, more visible clippings if you use a regular blade. Right. But I thought I had read an article <laughs> that essentially proved a couple things. One, that it, there is no difference as far as thatch, regard, like you said, right. regard, whether you use a mulching or standard blade. But um, and I know the article talked about how the grass breaks down just fine, regardless of whether it's small pieces or big pieces. That's it been dries my out experience. real fast, and and. Um, uh, I thought I was going to go and find that article and to see if I think they studied the difference in time that it takes to break down. And I thought there wasn't much difference, but I don't, I can't find the article. Okay. So one of our so. listeners, if you know what Paul's talking about, send it to us. So we'd the, like to read it. Yeah. Again. I mean, the question is, is it really worth investing? And I know a lot of mowers come with mulching blades these days, but if you don't already have one, is it worth it? Is it is it worth it just for aesthetics, or does it help the grass break down faster? Uh, it sounds like from the article I had read, I, the one thing I do remember, you know, and as we see in in everyday life, the grass breaks down either way. It's it, there mm-hmm. was no benefit as far as fertilizer or for the organic matter of your soil to use one method or the other. Right. So is it just an aesthetic thing, uh, or what? That that's what I'm trying to get at. Right. It sounds like you know there are. If you don't already have a uh, a, a mulching blade, there's no need to necessarily run out unless you really are just sick of the larger cuttings on your grass. Right. So what causes the thatch then? Well, Do we have time to get into that on this yeah, show? Yeah, sure. We have plenty of time, Brian. All right. We could go on for hours talking about <laughs> thatch. No, uh, let's You not. can. You've done all the research. So yeah, I know that the thatch itself, and I, I've seen this just from my own yard, when you have some of that, that lower level organic matter, it seems to be, A, it's, it's, it's not clippings, because when you have clippings, they dry out real fast and they're real fine. The thatch is a lot of times thicker, stems, right. up grass, that sort of thing. And sometimes this still seems to be attached to the soil, and sure. So right. um, I don't know what what ha, probably has something to do with over fertilizing, or right? Something well, like that's that. the biggest thing: over fertilizing, in particular, with nitrogen. Okay. Because nitrogen causes the the green part of the grass to grow a lot faster than the natural breakdown of the. Uh, faster than the breakdown can occur okay. of the parts of the grass that normally break down. Okay. So uh, that's one of the issues is the overuse of nitrogen. The other issue is overuse of certain um, pesticides because in the soil are certain microbes that help right. break down uh, the the dead grass, the clippings, but mm-hmm. also part of the natural sh- just shedding of the uh, parts of the grass that have to break down as the grass grows. And those microbes are gone if you over-apply certain pesticides. Sounds like you're getting all organic on me there, Brian. No, 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 no. So um, – <laughs> and there's certain grasses that are more prone to, sure. to thatch buildup as well. And I had actually uh, read an article. It was in a southern newspaper where they were dealing with this issue. So I think it was in Texas or Houston or something like that where thatch is a serious problem with the types of grasses they use. And um, But they were saying – they were repeating kind of what we're saying that – they were actually saying that the <laughs> – 
Thatch wasn't as big of an issue as people make you to believe, and they're usually just trying to sell you something, like they want to dethatch right. your lawn. Uh, just core aeration is enough to give the aeration and proper fertilizer, pro- and, and uh, you know, then you should be fine. But. Right. So thatch, a normal layer of thatch, half inch or so, yeah. is fine, even a little more. But if you have more than an inch of thatch, <laughs> then that's when you've, that got a, good. Yeah, you've got a problem. So to summarize, what causes it? Um, certain species of grass are just prone to it. Um, acidic soils with fewer microbes, uh, that break down the, um, the accumulation of thatch. So that's because of pesticides or over fertilization in particular with nitrogen. All right. So what are we getting at? Lawn care is just difficult. (laughs) So go ahead. Don't worry about bagging it. That was the old method. I think right. people are getting over that now. You had to bag it. And the other thing is uh, people do they, – they send their grass wherever. They just send it out in the trash. But, you know, leave it on your lawn. Leave the grass clippings. That organic matter, the breakdown is good for your lawn. So whether you use a mulching blade or not, you're, it's benefiting your lawn to leave right. the clippings out there. Obviously, if, if, it's your, if you have huge piles of clumps of grass cuttings after you've mowed, you're probably not mowing enough. You don't want to, you know – be right. waiting till the grass is too long to cut it or else you have you have problems regardless of which blade you're using. You don't want to cut more than a third of the blade, ideally, uh, when you mow. So right. mow often in the times where it's growing quick, quickly and uh, you'll have a, a better turf. That's right. There All right, you. so that's the bottom line. Don't bag. <laughs> All right. I never wanted to bag anyway. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Um, do we need to mention anything about our true value stuff or just uh, – we already said it, I guess, in our previous podcast. Right. So uh, we mentioned true value in this show, uh, that they have that um, uh, stuff for those – what are those bugs? We, the stink we bugs. The stink that's bugs. That's what we call right? I don't know what their official term is. Yeah. So we're going to get into stink bugs in a future show and, and talk about what true value has to offer there. And uh, we'll be doing, like we said last week, we'll be doing some more stuff with them. We may even do a video. And, cool. Uh, we're going to have some office hours, I think, with their Facebook folks and, and things like that. So stay tuned. All right. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Handy Guys podcast. Thanks. Bye. The Handy Guys will be back next week. Same handy time, same handy website.